You're listening to the Live Well Radio Podcast Show. A wealth of information for a life of inspiration. And here's your host, Brett Coleman. Hello, everyone. Today is Soulful Living Sunday, and I know you're going to thoroughly enjoy today's show because we're talking with an extremely intelligent woman who's made it her passion to help others elevate their journey in life through healthier lifestyle habits, helping them find their purpose, and then turning that purpose into a passion. Her name is Robin Thomas, and she's joining us today from Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Robin, how are you doing? Oh, I'm great, Brett. Thanks for asking. You know, it's a true honor to have you on the show. Can you believe it? It'll be 10 years in October that we met at our cooking show during the NC State Fair there in Raleigh. Absolutely. I love that show. (laughs) I wanted to bring you home to cook for me, but uh, I think a lot of people (laughs) felt like that. But I did. That was it was very enjoyable, um, and I, you know, I got some great tips. And shoot, I've been cooking ever since. <laughs> How's that cookware? I I absolutely do love the cookware. Still using it. Still using it. Awesome. Make sure you grab some recipes. We are Lena's always adding new recipes to our site. You know, we spoke last week, and you were taking two road trips. Did you Did you do that? I did. I did. I actually uh, last weekend drove down to Atlanta. Uh, where I grew up to see some old friends. It was um, high school friends. We were all turning 60, so we had a party. And it was great to see them and visit and see some old some sites from back my teenage years. And then I drove back on Sunday, and immediately my husband and I drove on Monday to Beaufort, North Carolina, and had a getaway and got back last night. Beaufort. Where is Beaufort? Beaufort. Um, Beaufort is like one of the oldest towns in North Carolina. It's a, it was started in the 1700s. Um, it's waterfront town, beautiful waterfront, wonderful restaurants. And then um, it's just co- the coast of North Carolina near Moorhead City. Gotcha. You'll have to look on a map. Definitely have to do that. <laughs> so tell people what you're doing, Robin. How are you changing lives? And tell us what, how that all started and and how you made it your passion to help people live, literally uh, elevate their journey in life through uh, bigger goals, better mindset. The things you're doing are really, really impactful on people. So tell us a little bit of how you got started and uh, where it's at now. Yeah, how I got started is an interesting story. I, for years, I worked in medical research at UNC and ended up the last 15 years of that working with the uh, with patients who had chronic degenerative diseases. So I saw this face of what can happen with, um, uh, you know, a lot of it was lifestyle choices, not all, not all of it, but a lot of it was lifestyle choices that led to a sort of a chronic, chronic diseases with a lot of inflammation. Um, at the same time, I was raising two, my husband and I were raising two boys, and our youngest son was uh, diagnosed for diabetes type 1 as a very young, 17 months old. And everything went well, and I continued on my research and was working and being a mom. And, and um, when he hit about 10 or 11, he actually got very, very ill. Um, it progressed. When you have an autoimmune disease, you often continue to get another and another. And he had a number of things going on. So I left my medical research where I was looking at less of lifestyle. I mean, we weren't talking about lifestyle. We were looking for new drugs that would help these people. 
And when I left that and came home to care for my son, I was looking around for something. I wanted to help people. I needed to have the flexibility of doing work from home. So I started with a company, a health and wellness company. That led to learning a whole lot more about health and wellness, about wellness as opposed to disease. And, uh, and my interest in helping my son heal and helping just my family um, led me to really research a lot of different things online, uh, had trouble finding things that I wanted to find out about. Uh, but with the company I was with, which uh, the name of the company is USANA, met other people who were uh, practitioners in the wellness field and also interested in the same things. And they taught, they taught me an awful lot. So you had a bachelor's degree in biology from UNC, correct? I did. I do. I still do. (laughs) It doesn't go away. (laughs) Yeah, in biology. And and, and the interesting thing back then is I was very much interested in environmental science and environmental health and public health. But, you know, one thing led to another, and I I ended up really with some, you know, specific medical, um, medical research. But I've always been interested in health and healthy living and, and, uh, and healthy environment, you know, nature, that kind of thing. That's one thing my whole life I've been interested in. So I kind of did a full circle and got back into what I was more interested in, uh, more of the healthy lifestyle, more of environmental health, and also writing. I got, you know, more interested in writing about it and helping people and educating them, especially with my frustration of not being able to find things online like I wanted to. So I started researching and writing articles about different health topics. And in my personal experience, especially with my son, you know, the light shone. And it's not all about health. It's not all about one thing. I mean, it's not just about uh, taking a supplement. It's not just, I mean, eating right is very important, but it's not the only thing. A lot of it is the mindset. A lot of it is, you know, emotional health, um, or, or sleep, you know, there's an, just an awful lot of things revolving around healthy living. So I just branched out and kept meeting people and, and learning about this and, and uh, started a website called Living Well Connections. And that's where I really started reaching out to um, all kinds of people, wanting both practitioners to come in and bring their expertise, but also, um, you know, wanting to help people wanting to help people who are standing up and saying, hey, I want a better way. Mm-hmm. So when you set out on your own to do your research and started making, breaking new ground, what were the things you found right away that you couldn't find initially that made, started making sense to you and then also started creating better results for the situation and circumstances? Well, one of the very first things I found, and, and this, it's fairly common now, people know it now a lot, but I learned about the relationship between our gut health and our emotional health, our gut health and, and the way we think, um, and, and the relationship between our, our, the health of our gut and a lot of these chronic diseases. Um, it's so important. The, you may have heard of the microbiome of our gut. Um, my son had a lot of issues with his gut, with his digestion, that the doctors just refused to look at. And I kept begging him to look at it, and they just said, oh, no, no, he'll be okay. It's not, that has nothing to do with it. Um, and they focused more on some of the other issues he had. But when I found out that absolutely it makes a huge difference on, um, 
on what you eat or on healing your gut, uh, that was just a breakthrough for his health. And I'm seeing now that it's a breakthrough for a lot of people's health. Absolutely. What were some of his symptoms, the obvious symptoms that were giving the most trouble? For him, it wouldn't, you wouldn't think, this is why I think the doctors were a bit confused, because you wouldn't think it. Um, he had very, very high anxiety up to panic attacks. And he also was depressed. And this is, this is an 11-year-old boy who was depressed. Not, you, know, you don't often see that in 11-year-old boys um, unless something major is going on. And for him, it was his gut. And, it was, um, and then just maybe TMI, but he was just unable to digest his food very well. And so he was constantly, um, you know, bloated, gut bloated, and just, uh, just not doing that well. But what everybody was focusing on for him was his anxiety issues and his depression. And they wanted to treat them with some drugs. Of course. They wanted to treat him with pharmaceutical drugs. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately for him, uh, the side effects were worse. And, and they also sometimes, I mean, they know, they exacerbate gut issues. So the big aha moment was let's heal his gut. And we had to do that by putting on a fairly strict diet but still a tasty one <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> because sure. his diet was meat, local meats and fresh vegetables and some fruits, some fruits and, um, and avoid all grains. He had to avoid all grains for a while. Once his gut healed. Was it the gluten? A lot of it had to do with the gluten in the wheat? A lot of it had to do with the gluten in the wheat, but that was sort of a, um, uh, you know, it was, it, that was a big one. Mm-hmm. And also dairy. He had problems with dairy. But he also had problems, though, with other foods that we had to eliminate. But then once that, the gut started healing, we could, you know, we could reintroduce them. So it's, it's not saying that in your entire life you can't ever eat any of these foods, but you do need to take a step back and um, go only to the foods that aren't reactive to your body and then be able to add them slowly, let the gut heal. Is that kind of like celiac, celiac disease? Uh, you know, it, it's not at all, not necessarily like celiac. And when I mean, celiac is, you know, if someone with celiac, they can't have gluten, and they're very, very sensitive to gluten, and, and I think their antibodies actually attack it. You know, it really attacks the, the gut. He did not have that. He had what we call a food, food sensitivities. And I'm finding out that more and more people have food sensitivities, whether they know it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they start paying attention and maybe write a food journal and start seeing symptoms. Now, symptoms can be totally different than my son. Some people get migraines and they don't realize that the migraines may be connected to their gut and how, they're, you know, how, healthy, how healthy their digestive system is. It doesn't seem like a correlation. Funny enough, you should say that. No, but every time I have any time, which is very rarely, and it's the MSG in some of the foods, uh, soy sauce, I'll get a bad, I'll get a bad headache. Yeah, yeah, MSG affects me too. I mean, I used to be years ago. I had chronic migraines, and I try to figure out just by guess what was a, you know what was triggering them. Um, now I don't have any. <laughs> And I really think a lot of it is because I followed along with, with what, you know, my son's diet. Of course, the family ate what he could eat um, and didn't add more. 
So I've just seen that it's been helpful for me, and it's helpful for a lot of people. Uh, I, I don't ever say as, you know, I don't ever dictate someone what kind of diet they need to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do say, uh, you know, two things, find out what works for you, but also within what works for you, eat fresh foods, eat, you know, eat local as much as possible. Um, and don't eat the boxed mixes. So what's Which his I know diet? you don't use, I know you don't do the box. No, mixes. <laughs> no, no. What's his diet look like right now? And I, and I say diet in other words, AKA meal plan. What's his a regular day look like for him and I guess your family. So what does it look, take us through the day, starting with morning and then through the evening hours, uh, morning, breakfast, lunch, dinner. A typical day. Um, well, one of the things he does love is, is the company I'm with does have some shakes that are easy in the morning and he does like to do that. Either, and, and we can choose the ones that have no ingredients that, that make him sensitive. Uh, but we also have, I mean, you know, eggs, Eggs are good for him. And, and like I say, this can be individual. Um, eggs and fruit or, egg, you know, eggs. He likes omelets with lots of peppers and onions and stuff in it. So vegetables, vegetable egg omelet. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest things that changes was his snacks. He used to be told as a diabetic that he had to have a box of crackers of some sort and then count the carbs and eat that many for a snack. Well, that was bad for him. So instead of that, he eats raw vegetables and hummus um, or raw vegetables and salsa, you know, that kind of thing. That's the kind of snack he eats. Mm-hmm. Um, and shoot, it's been so long. Lunches and dinners really seem so regular to us, except that they're not filled with lots of breads. Um, he'll choose, uh, I don't know, he'll, you know, we we do get a produce box filled with local produce every week and it's very easy to take whatever vegetable that's in season and roast it, uh, you know, cut it up in pieces and roast it. And then that's excellent for, you know, add that and add, um, you know, some salmon or a piece of chicken or something like that. I mean, that is right. really works real well. Um, stews work real well in the winter, you know, soups and stews. Sure. Uh, they're fantastic, and that's one of the, you know, I really use that, um, you know, the double side, the, the cookware with the hot plate that makes it, turns it into kind of a crock pot. Oh, the slow cooker. Yeah. Yeah, the gourmet slow cooker. Yeah, that absolutely helps because I can, um, you know, I can saute things, and then I can just pop it, you know, pop it on that and let it cook and add the broth and have a wonderful soup. Makes it easy. So, so how old is he now, the boy, your son? He's actually 28, 28 okay. now. And his new regimen started, you'd, you'd say, how long ago? Well, we didn't start this regimen. We didn't discover it until about the same time you and I met. Ten years so he ago. was 17, 18 years old when, yeah. when I was really looking for ways to uh, change our diet and looking for ways to, uh, easier ways to cook fresh foods. Mm-hmm. So what you do for him... Do you also do on your clients as well, as far as help them map out a meal plan? Um, I actually, I know in a, a little bit, but I don't do, I, I refer people. I, I have a lot of practitioners who I know, and it sort of depends on my clients. Uh, a couple of things I do. I, I lead them baby steps first. 
because not everybody jumps into this with two feet. Mm-hmm. So we, we figure out together what would be something that they're most interested in working on. And, um, you know, it could be they want to work on getting better sleep or they, you know, they could be, you know, they just, or they just say they want to add more vegetables. Um, I do provide recipes, uh, but I don't give them a whole meal, meal plan. Um, we'll talk about having a food journal to, to try to have one way that's the easiest way, the least expensive way to figure out what foods may be bothering you. Um, I encourage people to go to um, non- unprocessed foods, you know, to change their diet that way. Um, I, I also can encourage on certain things, depending on what's going on with them, you know, adding some supplements that help. Uh, but I also have tricks and tips on other kinds of tricks and tips that don't have to do with food or supplements on getting a good night's sleep or on, uh, uh, you know, helping them to discover exercise that they have that's fun for them. I, I, I will we'll just have an interview and then I'll send them to you know, different people or different types of things I'll, I have in you know, my back pocket, lots of different ways that people can have fun and go exercise. Because if it's not fun, you're not going to do it. No, it doesn't last. It really uh-uh. doesn't last. Let me, let me ask you this. Let's talk about sleep because, you know, a lot of people have insomnia. They wake up or can't get to sleep. And once they do, they wake up and then can't get back to sleep. So I'm sure you've heard that before. Absolutely. And and sometimes our, our evening routines have changed so much. We're so focused now on electronics, watching TV till we fall asleep or being on a computer um, on social media, uh, and also there's just more electronics in the house. And the first thing I tell people is, you know, get a bedtime, get a routine in the evening that doesn't include electronics. And also keep those electronics out of the bedroom. I mean, even turn off your cell phone. I mean, I know some people cannot turn off their cell phone <laughs> at night, but I do. Uh, but if you can't feel like you turn it off, at least put it in the next room where you could hear it ring if there's an emergency, but it's not right there where you're sleeping. And, uh, and some other things is just, uh, you know, find ways to relax. Don't expect to, you know, lay your head down and immediately go to sleep. Uh, you know, find ways to relax. Read a book instead of, instead of um, watching a movie before you go to bed or something like that. Um, also, melatonin can be helpful um, temporary, temporarily at least. We have gotten our hormones all out of whack through staying up late at night with lights and, you know, sort of not going, not going with the ebb and flow of a normal, of a regular day, looking outside at the light and dark. I mean, I know that we all can't go to bed at, at five in the evening and at, in the winter, but at least we can um, eat a little bit earlier and we can have some time just to relax and not be on electronics. And if need be, a little bit of melatonin, good quality melatonin at night can work wonders on getting your clock back into the, the sleep mode. As far as your supplement list, I know because you have melatonin on that list, a top five along with melatonin would be what? On supplements? Yeah, as far as good supplement for somebody, getting wanting to start off on a better road to healthier living. I, yeah, I, I like to start with the basics. Now, one of, one of the issues I find people often do is they go to the health food store and they'll ask that <laughs> and they'll come home with a whole, you know, bag full, grocery bag full of different supplements mm-hmm. that they picked from the 
health food store from the, you know, for GNC or whatever, whatever store they're at that sells supplements. One thing that's real important that people don't think about is this balance and the synergy between them, between these supplements. So I actually would suggest people to find a very good, very good quality multivitamin first. And that does not mean um, things that you take one pill a day. There are a number of them. USANA is one, but there's also some other companies out there that are really good. And generally, they, uh, they actually recommend taking them with your meals. So often, some will say three, a day, you know, three times a day or twice a day, at least with meals, because they're supplementing a healthy food, a healthy diet. Um, that's a great place to start. Um, Omega-3s, uh, fish oil. If you're vegan, there are some options um, also out there uh, that aren't fish, <laughs> but fish oil really is the best for the omega threes. That would be that would be the start. Krill. Krill is good too. Krill, Krill is right, good too. Yeah. There's a lot. There's so much more research on the fish, mm-hmm. and especially if it's from small, you know, small fish. Um, and there are ones out there. You can research it, and you want to see. Make sure they're not contaminated with some mercury, mercury or anything like that. But uh, you want to make sure about that. But you, you can research, you know, research whatever company you're working with and find that out. They can visit your site. By the way, tell them your site. What is your site? Well, I I, I can give two sites. One is my Living Well Connections site. So it's livingwellconnections.info. Okay. And there is a link to my product partner, which is USANA Health Sciences. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually go to USANA, well, you actually could go to, uh, robinthomas.biz is, will take you to my USANA site directly. Okay. That's connections, plural with an S, livingwellconnections.info. For nearly 24 years, you were in UNC, Chapel Hill. And a lot of those years you spent, uh, studying inflammation in, in the body and how it links to chronic degenerative diseases. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, let me ask you. Let me ask you something about these inflammation markers. CRP is a big one, mm-hmm. correct? C-reactive protein. True. What is the connection with inflammation and the disease? It's interesting. Well, you know, there's. Have you ever heard of the uh, like a cytokine cascade? You heard of that? No, I can't even say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Well, I'm not sure what you just said. Well, CRP. <laughs> what language is that? CRP is a protein, you know, so it's a, it's an indicator right. of inflammation. Protein, right. You know, C-reactive protein. Right. Well, there's a lot of other proteins that are formed by the body that cause inflammation, um, like IL-6, IL-8. They have all these names, and they're mostly, they're mostly you know, alphabet names and numbers. Um, what they do in... The positive way is they cause pain and pain and swelling and redness, you know, all that. Say if you sprained an ankle, mm-hmm. um, that's what this cascade starts, you know, and it and rises these proteins, which actually cause pain. But that's good because that pain tells you to quit walking on that ankle and it makes you it forces you to rest, to rest the ankle. But what happens in our daily life, these, you know, these days, I mean, we do often, we will get a sprained ankle and we'll have that going on. But, but what can happen when and it's a chronic inflammatory disease is the body is turned, the RNA that's forming these proteins gets turned on by other things, general stress, poor eating habits. I mean, all kinds of different things will turn these on and they can kind of get stuck on. 
So then you get this cascade of all these, all these pain-enhancing proteins in your body, and that's when people go into what they call a flare. So you've heard, I don't know if you've heard of people saying I'm in a flare, if, I'm, if someone has lupus. Sometimes they're in a good state and they're kind of in remission, mm-hmm. and then sometimes they're in a flare. And if they're in a flare, their body has turned on all this inflammatory proteins that's going through their bloodstream and just causing all kinds of havoc, um, causing lots of pain. So one of the things that turns them off is specific pathways in your body, you know, things get turned on and turned off. One example is statin drugs. Statin drugs turn off the body's production of cholesterol. Mm -hmm. Well, that comes with some side effects. I mean, that might be really good in some situations, but it comes, it turns on some side effects too. But so there are a lot of plant nutrients that actually encourage, instead of turning off pathways, they encourage the positive pathways. So there's plant nutrients that, encur- that encourage turning off that inflammatory response. Let's talk about a couple. Share a couple with us. Yeah. Well, one thing would be a lot of herbs, uh, bitter herbs. Often what happens is plants protect themselves. And so there's some plants where their leaves are a little, you know, like arugula. You know, it's a little bit bitter sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, that bitterness is, is the plant's protection for being eaten by animals or bugs kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, so arugula is just an example. Um, even the olive, the olive tree um, extracts from the olive. Uh, that does it really well. There's, uh, there's, chemicals, well, everything's a chemical, you know. (laughs) I'm married to a chemist. But there's nutrients or chemicals in plants, like alpha-lipoic acid, Mm -hmm. that's so very important. And it's important for um, helping helping with the energy production. It's it's important in a lot of different ways. So, um, you know, there are different, uh, there's a lot of different plants. I mean, it's one of the reasons why people say a I like plant-enhanced diets rather than all plant-based. Um, I whole and, food plant-based, yeah, whole like, food. Right, like forks over knives. Yeah, kind of like that. But I'm I, I personally, my personal preference because seeing my hus- my uh, son, son healing, you know, certain kinds of protein, um, protein, meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, in the eggs and all, and some choline is very important in the eggs for the brain and. You know, there's certain things in, in, um, in foods. People will argue with me, which is why I'm saying if you want to go vegan, fine. Sure. Let's just right. find a way. Let's just exactly. find a way. Whatever works for you. Yeah, whatever works for you as long as it's not um, what I call the potato chip vegan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, uh, I've, known, I've known people who, you know, they're vegans, but they're eating a lot of junk food. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I like whole... I like whole fresh foods. Lots of vegetables. But it is important to eat plants. It is important to eat vegetables. It's important to eat greens. I mean, greens of all kinds. Um, they're really good. They're just really good for your body. And I've done a fair share of research. They have said, I've heard them in quotes. A lot of times when you take the bag of power greens that has the kale, the spinach, different types of greens, they say you should put a little, a little drizzle and cook it down a little bit. And that helps bring out more of the nutritional value. Have you heard that? 
Well, it is true that raw is not always the best way for certain vegetables um, or certain things. That sometimes it is, well, first of all, if someone has a bit of a digestive issue going on, and, and it may not even be that they realize it, um, it can be harder for them to digest totally raw greens. And so that's one of the reasons why they said, you know, cook it a little bit. I do love to do, I do love to stir fry greens and you just very lightly stir fry them. And then of course add garlic. Just about, right. <laughs> oh, you gotta have the garlic. Of course. Well, garlic's good too. Yeah. Yeah. You got for it in really, my it's family. It's very good for the body. Uh huh. Sure. Also delicious. Thank you. About to wrap this up in a second, but I can't let you go without asking you the biggest reward in what you do would be what? Oh, that's easy. The greatest reward for me is when someone says, oh, Robin, I feel so much better. Thank you. I mean, that's worth everything. That's worth everything just for someone to start feeling better. Isn't that nice? And I love it. Yeah, I do. I love it. Mm -hmm. You get that a lot, don't you? Uh Uh-huh. That's what keeps you going. It gets me up in the morning and keeps me going. It does. Let's fast forward. You just had your big 60th birthday party. And now we're going to fast forward. You did, you did say 60, right? I did say 60. Okay. You, and now we're going to fast forward. Let's go fast forward 30 years from now. Okay. You're on a rocking chair uh, looking at the beach. You have that list in your hand that says, I wanted to accomplish these three things and I did it. What are those three things? Mm. Well, one of the things I am doing that's, I guess, a little bit monetary. Um, I, I, do, I do this actually for the joy of helping others, but I do have my son who has no, uh, he, he cannot take care of himself. He can take care of himself if he has all the means, but he can't work at a job. So I want to have taken care of him. I absolutely, I want to say it. he's fine. He's going to be fine. I won't have any worries about him. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is just, just to know that I've made a difference mm-hmm. in so many people's lives, that I've helped them feel better. I've helped them age and feel good aging. Um, and this last thing is that I've taken care of my own body. I've taken care of myself. Um, I can see this because I'm seeing my mother is 92 years old and she's absolutely incredible and stay and stays active and, and has, you know, people around her totally amazed that she's 92. I want to be like that. I I still want to be able to hike, you know, I still want to be able to, to, I mean, she can't, she doesn't hike up the mountain anymore, but she still can hike. She still swims. She's, you know, she's still active. And she's I want to be able to know when I'm sitting in that, in the, sitting in that rocking chair at the beach, I'm still going to be able to go down and jump in the water and swim. See, I love it. You know, you found a way to discover your purpose. You found your why and your why propels you. If you can do it, don't you think the next person can do it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what is it about when somebody says, you know, I'm just not sure what my purpose is? Is it a cop-out? You know, well, no, I don't, I don't say that's a cop-out. So, don't, so it's a purpose. I start with, okay, well, let's start paying attention to how your life is now. You know, that people will call it mindfulness. 
but it's really paying attention to what floats your boat, right? You know, what, what gives you joy mm-hmm. and what gives you um, meaning in your life. And often people are, these days are so busy doing the tasks at hand that they don't stop and think about um, what they're, you know, what really brings that purpose to their life. Uh, and I believe that everyone does have purpose. Some people just don't recognize it. The purpose is going to require some change. To pursue the purpose does mean you're going to have to take some different actions. Yeah. And for people to stay in a state of familiarity, oftentimes is more comfortable than taking the risk of pursuing that passion. Yeah. They're going to have to change the way they think about things. Mindset. Yeah. They're going to change their mindset. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure, I mean, there's different ways to do it. There's books, there's TED Talks. I mean, you know, going, going and listening to TED Talks can give people ideas. And there's plenty of books out there on this topic. And, uh, you know, keep learning. Keep learning, keep reading. That's going to help you go out of your comfort zone because it is a comfort zone that gets us stagnant. It is. Um, yeah, the little ditches. <laughs> the little ditches that become a gray. Exactly. When you discover your why, I think what happens is you start crushing excuses. You turn your cannots into can do's. Absolutely. This is if your why if your why becomes strong enough. You know, if the why is your reason, and you just use that to drive you mm-hmm. as your driving purpose. What happens is you'll start to see that life will give you the hows and the whens when you focus on the why. So absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for your time, Robin. You're awesome. I would also want to say, if somebody wants to reach out to you and learn more about the opportunities, how can they do that? Just same, same websites again? The same websites or email me, robin at robinthomas.biz. T-H-O-M-A-S, not Thompson, yes. Thomas. Yes. Robin Thomas. Yes. Dot biz. Uh-huh. Very good. Thank you for your wonderful time. You're welcome on the show anytime you want to share some inspiration. We'd love to have you. Thank you very much, Brett. And boy, I look, I really look forward to, to hearing your other shows too. This is fantastic. They're posting. Yay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, Robin, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thanks. Bye.